Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor that we all have tonight to study your word together. And we do so in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Thanking you for the Holy Ghost to give us insight and understanding and everything willed by you for our lives. Thank you for anointed ears to hear, hearts to receive, and minds that are open. We know your word is not just intellectually learned, but spiritually perceived and discerned. And so we thank you for that revelation to flow like a mighty river into our hearts and lives. Change us by what we hear. Conform us to the image of Jesus. That we might live our lives in such a way so as to honor you in all that we think, say, and do. And Father, we'll covenant with you to give you all the praise, honor, and glory for everything that manifests in and through all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, amen. Well, we're going to continue our study on prayer. This number 13. Never thought we'd be doing this, but it's a good subject. There's a lot in the Bible that, you know, has to do with prayer. So we want to continue along that course. And as we do, I want to share with you this evening, before we get into prayer, about praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. The Apostle Paul was taught the gospel by Jesus Christ. I can't think of a better teacher. Can anybody here think of a better teacher? And everything that he was taught, everything that he learned came from him. If you recall the book of Galatians, he said, No man taught me the gospel. I conferred with none of the apostles. Jesus took him, set him aside. How would you like to have Jesus just take you aside and set you down for maybe a few weeks at a time and just say, I want to share with you some things. I want to teach you some things. Would you be teachable? Would you be all ears? Or would you try to tell him what you know? Sometimes I wonder. (laughs) What about you? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, Jesus taught him everything that he knew about the gospel and taught about the gospel. So when you read after the Apostle Paul, you know where it came from. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we're going to look at verses 14 through 18. This is the amplified version of the Bible. Let's read what these scriptures say and teach us about praying in the Spirit. And let's be biblical about it, okay? For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. Then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. But I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. But I will sing intelligently with my mind and understanding also. Otherwise, if you bless and render thanks with your spirit, thoroughly aroused by the Holy Spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider, or he who is not gifted in, with interpreting, uh, interpreting of tongues, or unknown tongues, say amen 
to your thanksgiving since he does not know what you are saying? Good question. If you don't know what's being said, how are you going to say amen? Well, what we want to do first of all is begin to understand what the Apostle Paul was trying to communicate to us here. And the first thing we'll look at is that Paul prayed with his spirit and also with his understanding. But he defined what those two were. He said praying with my spirit or by my spirit is praying in another tongue or a language he didn't understand or know. Because he said his understanding was unfruitful or non-productive. So as he prayed out of his spirit, he prayed in this heavenly language that he had. But then also he said, I will pray with my understanding. And with his understanding, he's making a reference to his mind, his intellect, his intelligence. So he practiced both praying and praising God with his understanding and also with his spirit. You see, to understand this better, we need to recognize the triunity of man. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. So, the real man is the man on the inside, the spirit of the man. His soul is comprised of his mind, will, emotions, and intellect. So he has, he has understanding and knowledge, and, and he can learn things. Of course, his body is the earth suit or the tent that we live in that keeps us attached to the earth. If we didn't have that body, we'd just be out of here. Amen. Just set it aside, discard it, and straight to heaven to be with the Lord. But Paul was saying, I pray both with my understanding, I pray with my mind, intelligently, based on what I learned and what I know, but also I pray out of my spirit. And when I pray with my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, the utterance does not come from my head, because I don't understand it. And neither do others understand what I'm saying. So, he utilized both methods, methods of prayer and praise, by praying with the Spirit and also with his mind. Look at Romans chapter 8. You might think, well, then why is this so important? Well, again, in the Amplified Bible, we have this revelation. For two, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness, for we do not know what prayer to offer nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance or articulation. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is the mind of the Holy Spirit for what his intent is because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. So here now we see, secondly, our understanding as far as what to pray for sometimes is very limited. It's limited. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. And so we are limited finite beings and we can only pray according to what we know and understand. But how would you like to be limited to what you know and understand? I know I wouldn't want to be li limited to my knowledge. <laughs> and what I know and understand. The Holy Spirit knows a whole lot more than we do. 
the Holy Spirit can help us pray in such a way so as to bypass what our will is and perfectly harmonize with the will of God the Father. He knows exactly what needs to be said. He knows exactly what needs to be prayed out. And so as you put these two together, you find out that if a person is willing to yield his spirit to the Holy Spirit and pray from his spirit apart from his head, he's now entering into a different realm of prayer. A level of prayer that goes beyond our own intelligence. And notice we wrote some things out there about exactly how you're praying. You're praying by means of the Spirit. You're praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. You're praying in the sphere of the Spirit. And you're praying in connection to the Spirit. Think about those four statements. You are coming together and connected with the Holy Spirit in your spirit. He lives in our spirit, not our brains. And so on the inside of us, we've got this active ministry of the Holy Spirit who's longing to be unleashed so that we could pray perfectly the will of the Father in given situations. And so Paul said, look, I'm going to utilize both. I'm going to pray according to what I understand. But I'm also going to pray beyond my understanding and take my prayer to a higher level. And begin to pray out some things by the Holy Spirit that is within me. Well, once again, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit or pray with the Spirit? Well, what it means is you're praying in the language of the Spirit. That you receive when you're filled with the Spirit. And it's called other tongues. You see, when a person first gets saved, he gets the Holy Spirit in the new birth. But he doesn't get the fullness of the Spirit because... Until you're born again, you don't have a right to receive the Holy Spirit in full measure. But once you get born again, you have the life and nature of God in you. Now you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you recall the story of the apostles in John's Gospel chapter 20, they got saved. Jesus breathed on them the breath of the Spirit and they got saved. They were born again. But then at the end of Luke's Gospel and in the first chapter of Acts, what you discover is this. He said, now look, don't go off and do anything yet until you get to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. What's that promise of the Father? The Holy Ghost. Jesus was going to fill you with the Holy Ghost or baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So wait for that event to occur. And it did occur on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, they got filled with the Holy Ghost, evidenced by their speaking with a language that they didn't understand. But it was a language born of the Spirit that came out of their spirit. And they were empowered by the Spirit, speaking by the Spirit in a new language they never had learned before and they were glorifying God and magnifying God. Anybody here want to glorify God in a better way? We all should want to, right? Isn't it sad that we're limited only to our own language then? I love you, Jesus. Thank you. I bless you. I worship you. I exalt you. I extol your name. And that's our language. And you can only do that so often so much. But there is a language of the Spirit that transcends our own language. It's a language of the Spirit that's released by faith in the ministry of the Holy Spirit within the believer that goes beyond our understanding. And I'll be honest with you, the enemy doesn't want God's people to have anything to do with it at all. I want you to turn me to the book of Acts and we'll look at this 
teaching here just a little bit more before we pray about other tongues because people get frightened especially if they come from a denominational background where they don't have any understanding whatsoever of the heavenly language and they don't know anything about what it means to pray in the spirit and actually many have been taught that it's of the devil of the devil isn't that something you can serve the devil all your life and never speak in tongues you get saved filled with the Holy Ghost speak in tongues all of a sudden you're of the devil that never made any sense to me whatsoever anybody here before you got saved did you speak in tongues no so the devil didn't, didn't make you or help you speak in tongues but then you got saved and found out that you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues right and then you got baptized in the spirit and you spoke with other tongues right and then people say well that's of the devil he missed the best opportunity when I wasn't serving him to have me do that see and I wish we could have a whole teaching on this but just real quickly we're going to show you some scriptures that will really bless you and just remove the fear of another language a heavenly language this is Acts chapter 1 14 and 15 talking about 120 that are in the upper room look at what it says these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers hmm. and in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of names together were about 120 so how many are there and they were all in one accord in this upper room 120 now go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 but I want to point out to you that um, among the 120 is Mary the mother of Jesus who's there Mary the mother of Jesus and when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them clothed in tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues except the mother of Mary uh, mother of Jesus Mary it doesn't say that no it says they all were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance so how many were there in the upper room how many got filled with the Holy Ghost how many spoke with other tongues does that include Mary the mother of Jesus it sure does so for some who don't know this Mary was a Pentecostal if you know your Bible then you know that she was a Pentecostal right absolutely now uh, go on over to uh, look at Acts chapter 10 now this first illustration that I share with you involved the Jewish community all the believers all the Jewish believers that were in that upper room got filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance so out of their spirit they began to pray in harmony with the Holy Spirit now in Acts chapter 10 
And this is really enlightening. There was a certain man in, in Caesarea court called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. I played in an Italian band once. I did. Yeah, it was uh, comprised of Bill Anzavino, Mike Anzavino, Joseph Catanzariti. Uh, yeah, it was, it was an Italian band. Well, he was the head of this, this centurion, this hundred-fold uh, band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. You ready for this? Those are some pretty good credentials, wouldn't you say? But did you know this man wasn't saved? Did you know this man wasn't born again? He wasn't. This is 10 years after Pentecost. And here's the scenario. Peter is going down to the house of Cornelius because he was sent there by an angel because Cornelius was praying and God showed him in a vision to send men to Joppa and go get Peter and bring Peter down there. But guess what? Peter didn't realize even 10 years into it that he had the right to go into the house of a Gentile and speak to him about the gospel. He didn't know he could do that. He didn't want to do it at first, but the Lord showed him in the vision, just go and do what I told you to do. So he goes over to the house, and let's pick it up in chapter 10, look at verse 44. Peter's speaking the gospel. He is telling all these Gentiles, the Italians were the first ones, the first Gentiles, to receive the gospel. And while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them, which heard the word. Notice the word all. All them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. And circumcision means they were Jews. All the Jews that went down there with Peter. They were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, how do we know that? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That's how they knew. So now we see the Gentile camp, the Gentile community. You've got the Jewish people. There's only two people groups on the earth at that time, the Jews and the Gentiles. So when God poured out his spirit in a sovereign act on the group called the Jewish believers, what happened to them, including Mary, the mother of Jesus? They got filled with the Holy Ghost, and what did they do? Spoke with other tongues. And now the God, in a sovereign act by the, you know, by... By a sovereign act of his will, he pours out the spirit here in the lives of these Gentiles, devout man, Cornelius, and what happens to them? They get saved and what do they do? They get filled with the Holy Ghost and what do they do? They speak with other tongues as the spirit gives them utterance. So now you've got the Jewish camp of a believer, you've got the Gentile camp of the believer, in a sovereign act of the will of God, and notice all of them. Every single one individually. And I want to show you this picture from Mozambique. We've, we've shown it before, but I, what I love about this picture is the fact that these people, just like on the day of Pentecost, have the same cloven tongues like as a fire. Paul, what year does that say? Does it say a year in the bottom of that thing? If you can see it or not. 2000 something. Could be 2010, 2000. It was in the 2000, year 2000. As on the day of Pentecost, you've got cloven tongues like as a fire, 
upon each and every one of these individuals that were in the meeting where the preacher was talking about the Holy Ghost and fire being baptized as they were baptized. Now isn't that something when you see that? Allowed to be captured on in a picture? But it reveals to us as it was then each and every one. Why? Because each and every one has the right to receive the gift. Not one person was left out. And when God has his sovereign way and his sovereign will is accomplished and achieved in people's lives, every single one of the individuals got filled with the Holy Ghost and fire and they spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. Every one. Now, it got messed up when man got in the way. When man began to do his own thing and twist scriptures and etc., come up with their own doctrines and say it's not for today and all that that's when people stop receiving and that's why there was a need in the early 1900s for the Pentecostal movement once again when the revival took place the Azusa Street Revival and in that Azusa Street Revival what you see is the same thing happening God pouring out His Spirit people getting saved filled with the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues gifts of the Spirit in operation etc etc all taking place every, every person that went in they said if you walked in the front door a sinner with a sin sick soul, you got went out the back door, saved filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues healed, delivered and set free and set a blazing on fire to go somewhere and be a blessing wherever you go that was taking place at Azusa Street in the early 1900s during that revival and once again gave birth to the Assemblies of God movement and then the charismatic ministry down the road and it's a healing healing revival took place, charismatic revival took place, the word of faith revival took place and bring it up, up to date where we're at right now but I said all that so that we can understand that when God has his sovereign will and his way done everybody receives everybody gets born again everybody can get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues and you're given the gift that enables you to pray beyond your own understanding and then finally look at the last text in Mark's Gospel chapter 16 that confirms once again what we're saying to be true. Jesus of course talking to his disciples but he's talking to them about those that would believe the gospel and he says this he said to them go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be what? Damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Who's he talking about? Those who believe the gospel. And my name shall they cast out devils. And then they shall speak with what? New tongues. It goes on to say, if they drink and the dead, I think it won't hurt them. Take up serpents. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Those five things are connected to the name of Jesus. Is the name of Jesus for us today? Are those five signs then that's, that are connected to the name of Jesus for us today? They have to be. Otherwise the name of Jesus has lost some power. So in other words, as it was back in the book of Acts, and so should it be today, when people come to Christ they get born again, they should also get spirit filled. And when they get spirit filled they will have the evidence of speaking with other tongues and they will have the ability to pray beyond their own understanding with this devotional gift called tongues and praise God be more effective in their prayer lives 
So Jesus is basically saying it's for every single individual person. No one is left out. Everybody can and everybody should. So praying in the Spirit then is identified as a person who's been filled with the Holy Ghost, has the Holy Ghost on the inside of him, he yields to the Holy Spirit, and speaks out with a language he doesn't understand. His understanding is unfruitful. And it's not all that difficult. If I were to tell you, well, the, well Brother Ernay's here, so if I said something in Spanish, you may not know it, but he, he would know it. Yo tengo rio de agua viva. Anybody know what I said beside him? Yo tengo rio de agua viva. Rivers of living water. I have rivers of living water. Amen. But to the foreign ear, I mean, well, you can't understand what I'm saying. It's like, well. So, if the Holy Ghost comes and gives you another language, or you can say something in a spiritual language, a language of angels and of men, but angels, spiritual, you know, manifestations, you can, and you can praise God and pray to God in a perfect manner. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want it? We all should want it. And why? We're more effective. You generate miracle power. I'm telling you, if you try to live this life alone in your own strength and ability, you're going to fall short. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost and power and you stir up the gift of God on the inside, see, people want more and they're asking for more, but then they don't realize that what they're asking for is what I was asking for 37 years ago, or no, almost 40 years ago. When I went to the first Pentecostal church I ever went, remember I told you about that church where I sat on my hands? Remember that one? That, that's the one. Pleasant Valley in Niles, Ohio. And I sat on my hands. I would, I'm not going to do what they're doing. I came from a more reserved background. Well, you, you hang around a slippery creek bank, you're going to fall in. And I did. I fell in. And I started worshiping God. And one day I went to a night service to, to that church. And I, after the church service was over, they had an altar call. Anybody want to come? And I was compelled. So I go up to the altar. They had a little rail. I knelt down. What do you want? All I, all I knew was, I want more of God. I just want as much of God as I can have. He said, well, do you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues? And I said, I do? I didn't know that. He, I, he said, yes, that's what you want. Long story short, I knelt down. They came and prayed over me. And they're praying over me. I was a hard case. They had a couple guys come over and pray over me. I think they wanted to go home and have a sandwich because it was getting late. I was keeping them overtime. But I'm kneeling down there at that thing. I'm looking up at the guys praying for me. And they're praying, they're praying in other tongues so fast and so hard. I'm wondering, oh my goodness. And my tongue is on fire, but I don't know what to do with it. So after 40 to 45 minutes of just kneeling there with my mouth open catching flies finally the one fella says I wish he would have done this 43 minutes earlier he said do you feel anything I said my tongue's on fire he said well then speak and I thought in my head why didn't you tell me that about a half an hour ago or something whatever and so I start speaking out with this new language that I never had before and I'm praying in other tongues speaking in other tongues it started small but then it grew and you know, that was my initial experience but you know what? 
along with, you didn't just receive tongues, you received the Holy Ghost in full measure. And when he came in in full measure, you couldn't help but to speak out with other tongues. I remember reading after this one fellow, he wrote a song, Oh, for a thousand tongues to see, sing my Savior's praise. A thousand. I tell him about one I got, he just all of a sudden wants to run away. Just one. Did he really mean that? But you see, the devil wants to keep us in a place where we don't use or utilize the gift or don't even receive it because he knows how effective it is. So when you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you pray in the Spirit with other tongues, and that's devotional. As a matter of fact, it's supposed to be more devotional than anything. There's no time to get in all of the details. We want to pray here. But my point is, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues, then you should. Jesus said you should receive the Holy Spirit in full measure. So um, if Mary, the mother of Jesus, could get filled and speak with other tongues, if this Italian Cornelius could get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues, if all the 120 and all the whole house, and then it's for anyone and everyone who, whosoever will, as Jesus said, let him come and drink out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, but this spake he of the Spirit that they which believe on him shall receive. For as yet the Holy Ghost was not given because Christ wasn't glorified yet then that means we should receive. And why? Because, you see when we have our prayer list here tonight? And when I just say, okay, let's pray for America. Let's pray for restoration. That America would return to its biblical foundation and Christian roots. There you go. Do you know how limited that is? But when you start praying in the Holy Ghost after that and just say, Holy Spirit, take hold together with me and help me right now. And you start praying in the Spirit, you're praying in such a way so as to reach the throne of God. So you can say, go ahead, Lord, you know more than what I know. Real quick and then we'll pray. When my daughter fell 10 feet and she's lying there bleeding, 10 feet straight down on the steps below and she's bleeding, blood pouring out of her eye. I'm teaching the Bible study in the basement. I run upstairs. I just knew in my gut it was her. I pick her limp body, body up. She's only three and a half, almost four years old. In my arms. I carry her into the living room. I lay her down on the carpet. And there, everything around you is panic. The whole team's up there. Everybody's panicking. It was nasty. I lay my hands on her. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember saying a word in English. I just started praying in tongues. I'm praying in tongues as hard and as fast as I possibly can. And you know, when you pray in the Spirit, that's the doorway into the, all the other gifts of the Spirit. And I didn't know this at the time. I was just learning. But I'm going a hundred miles an hour praying in tongues. Praying. I don't know what to pray for as I ought. I'm stumped right now. My daughter's lying here. She can't walk. She can't stand up. Blood's pouring out of her face. Her, her eyes cut open right there. And she's like a limp rag. And by the time... I'm going into it. I don't know how long. Five minutes, ten minutes, twelve minutes. I don't know. But all of a sudden, as I'm doing this in tongues, all of a sudden I go, like something just picked me up. And I said, oh, thank God now she's healed. Let's go finish the Bible study. I'm telling you, everybody in that room looked at me like, what? Call an ambulance. I said, no, let's go because she's healed now. So let's go finish the Bible study. Reluctantly, they all started walking back down the stairs, finished a Bible study, just put a cloth on her eye, took her home, 
later in bed. She's lying there in bed. I go to bed. The devil, first thing he says, you know, she's going to die on you or she'll be paralyzed or whatever. And I said, too late. Too late. Too late. Please hear this carefully and cautiously. Oh, I wanted to run in there. I wanted to run in that room and check on her. But I said, no, she's healed by the stripes of Jesus. I know she is. And I was awakened in the morning by her running into our bedroom, looking in the mirror and saying, thank you, Jesus, you healed me. I'm telling you this out. Her face was completely unrecognizable. This bubble over here that was full of infection was beneath her eye. For three days she did that. Three days. The third day this all fell off. She was completely healed. Took her back to the same Bible study. Seven, one week later, Saturday night, they could not believe it was the same girl. And you know to this day what I think? If I went any other route at that particular time, she could have been paralyzed. She could have had a brain hemorrhage. I don't know. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. By praying in the Spirit, generating power, miracle power, that went into her body, that sealed the deal for her healing. Amen. Let's all stand together. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.